time again. What are you going to do? So just try to get through it the best way. Anyone knows how. Hello and welcome to the 22nd of August. We are the fine folks from GeekRadioDaily.com. Welcoming you to National Being Angel Day. Okay. So I'm guessing that means be incredibly kind to people and not die and haunt them later. I'm right. Not tell you what I mean. Let's folks, get wings. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Folks, bringing it to you today, uh, the lady that knows how to see it the way it should be seen, that there is the Being different might not be as rewarding as you think it is. Aww, but I was really... Hi, everybody. I'm the guy that sees it a certain way. I'm the wonderful Billy Flynn. God damn it, I don't have an anger control issue. I just don't. No matter what people that come to my job might say, what happened this fine day? Well, I'll take it back to 565. St. Columba allegedly saves the life of a Pict who was being attacked by a monster in Loch Ness. The account will be recorded in the book Life of St. Columba by Adam Nem. It's the beginning of the Loch Ness monster myth. But nowhere near the end. 1849, in the first air raid in history, Austria launches a flight of pilotless balloons against the city of Venice. Was it 99? That would be nice, right? 1906, the Victor Talking Machine Company of Camden, New Jersey, manufactures its first Victrola record player. The cabinet sells for $200. Whoo, it stands out from other phonographs with its elegant wooden cabinet, which conceals the device's horn and turntable while providing storage space for records. 1911, the theft of the Leonardo da Vinci masterpiece, the Mona Lisa, from the Louvre Museum in Paris, France, the previous night, is discovered. 1929, Walt Disney releases the animated short film, The Skeleton Dance, directed by Walt Disney and animated by Ub Iwerks in the U.S. In the Silly Symphonies cartoon, a group of skeletons dance and make music around a spooky graveyard. It's the first film in the Silly Symphonies series, which will have a powerful influence over the emerging art of animation. And why someone decided to call theirs Looney Tunes. 1939, the first U.S. patent for dispensing liquids under pressure from a disposable container is issued to Julius Seth Kahn of New York City. Patents you didn't know you needed. Right. 1958, ground is broken for the Museum of History and Technology, which will later be renamed the National Museum of American History on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. 1961, the first public demonstration of live color television in the U.K. is held at Earl's Court Radio Show <laughs> in London. <laughs> Video killed the radio star. 1962, the NS Savannah Anna, the world's first nuclear-powered ship, completes her maiden voyage from Yorktown, Virginia, to Savannah, Georgia. 1963, the X-15 rocket plane sets a world record when Air Force rocket pilot plane. Joseph Walker reaches an altitude of 354,200 feet during a test flight with this mission becomes the first person to enter space for a second time. 1987, Nintendo releases the fantasy platform game The Legend of Zelda, Zelda. for Nintendo Entertainment System in North America. Rocks. 1989, the first complete ring around Neptune is discovered in photographs transmitted by Voyager 2 to NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Ring around the Neptune. 1995, Squaresoft releases Chrono's Trigger for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in North America, which is Squaresoft's largest game for the SNES at 32 megabits and includes multiple ways to finish the game. It was unheard of. 1997, Miramax Films released the sci-fi horror film Mimic directed by Billy the Bull starring Mira Sorvino and oh my god, you gave away the money shot in the trailer. 1999, the U.S. Justice Department reveals that it has drafted legislation that will permit investigators to enter homes and offices secretly in order to disable computer scrambling software being used for criminally suspicious purposes with the use of a warrant. 2000, the Nintendo GameCube, which was codenamed Dolphin, first announced at E399, is unveiled to the public one day before Nintendo's Space World trade show. Oh. 2005, Microsoft announces it has finalized a deal with Bungie Studios to produce a film version of Halo for release in summer 2000. 
2008. Remember how great that was? Same day, same year, Square Enix acquires the Taito Corporation, a video game developer and manufacturer of arcade hardware. This acquisition allows Square Enix to enter the arcade sector of the game industry in 2008. I prefer the Poe. Tato Corporation. Wow. Birthdays? Keith Donahue is 37 from Pitch Perfect, and you're the worst. Kristen Wiig is 49 from Saturday Night Live, Walk Hard, Paul, Bridesmaids, Despicable Me, The Martian. Richard Armitage is 52, that's Thorin in The Hobbit, and Francis Dollarhide in Hannibal. Ty Burrell is 55 from Dawn of the Dead, Incredible Hulk, Mr. Peabody and Peabody and Sherman, and Modern Family. The Goddess. Uh, Tori Amos is 59. Lord of Mercy. Calm Fior is 64 from Face Off. Thor, Amazing Spider-Man 2, Dollmaker on Gotham. Cindy Williams is 75 from Beware of the Blob, American Graffiti, and Laverne and Shirley. No longer with us, one state in 1925, Honor Blackman, best known for being Pussy Galore and Goldfinger, but was Hera and Jason and the Argonauts. Born in 1939, Valerie Harper, that's Rhoda from the Mary Tyler Moore Show, and Blame It on Rio and Valerie. Another family, though. No, and none of that will be on TV. Well, maybe on, you know, that Classics channel. But the CBS has uh, a rerun of The Neighborhood. And then CBS 6 Final Score Friday Season Preview. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii. ABC's got a new Bachelorette and spot the difference on a new claim to fame. NBC has the National Finals 2 for American Ninja Warriors. Fox, TMZ investigates what really happened to Richard Simmons. Okay. Right? He then, is missing or something. <laughs> then who's going to get the money on a new beach Shazam? On the CW, just as Liz realizes the error of her ways, she faces a new threat that forces her into a difficult position. Max finds herself in a tense standoff. Michael starts to despair about ever being reunited with Alex on a new Roswell, New Mexico, and on new In the Dark. Freeform is National Treasure, National Treasure Book of Secrets. <laughs> AMC, with Neil's discovery of their terrible secret, Allison helps Patty search for a new way out of their situation. Allison modifies her original plan to escape. Kevin and Patty agrees to help once more, but only if the plan plays out on her own terms on a new Kevin Kent not himself. Yeah. Bravo, Captain Sandy and the deck crew attempt a challenging docking at night. The interior team argues over their priorities. Tasha shares surprising news with a co-worker. Personal issue affects Kyle's work. Trouble arises on Storm and Natalia's date on a new below deck. Oh no. Mediterranean. FX has the A-team. Uh, FXX has just dropped The Simpsons. It's a Family Guy marathon now. Oh, okay. Uh, Sci-Fi, Journey to the Mysterious Island. Remember, they didn't bring back Brendan Fraser. Uh, True TV is showing Click, your TiVo movie with Adam Sandler. Oh, um, well, TNT has The Blind Side. But we're going to be watching the Lifetime Movie Network. When a member of the Fallen Angels Murder Club is found dead, the rest of the club works together to find their friend's killer, but Hollis Morgan herself becomes a suspect after a journalist who was investigating the crime <sighs> is also killed. Tony Braxton, Yannick Truesdale, and Kelly Hughes star in Fallen Angels Murder Club, Heroes and Felons. The wonderful Billy Flynn looks at what Chad and Abby are up to now. If you know what TV show they're on this week, you could win yourself a prize. It's your further adventures of Chad and Abby update. Professor Chad has to put together a team of experts to test a new machine that, if successful, will be used to save the world from the evil people threatening it. Chad knows if he can get 13 fighting men for his project, it can be successful. Real experts, not people who just gonna be swinging along. In fact, he thinks the group he's thinking of could have stopped Hitler. Hashtag Chabby. Forever. 
Looks like you've got mail waiting. Indeed we do. Hello, geeks. This is about your 16 August episode. The CIA and FBI are not elected officials, and they do not handle legislation. They're not politicians. If you actually have info that matches your lead, please give it. It's all serious that the FBI and CIA are editing Wikipedia. It's also bad just to dump in politicians. Way to lead on that? Dude, I appreciate you got the day, but I don't even remember what tomorrow was. Imagine for a moment that you're actually an honest politician. You only accept money from organizations that share your values. You know what the polls say, but you don't let them decide what you do. You really care about your constituents. Then, one time too many, too often, you hear someone say something like what you said. It's the last straw, and you retire to go somewhere you're appreciated. Please watch what you say. Stay safe. That is from Bill. Well, Bill... I'm not entirely sure what you just said there, but that's okay. I'll go back and figure it out, and maybe we'll all learn a valuable, valuable lesson. By the by, last week, Chad and Abby were on Bionic 6, the almost official sequel of The Six Million Dollar Man and the Bionic Woman. Congrats to everyone that saw that, the very few of you who did, but not the fewest amount of ones we've ever gotten right. Drop a note, won't you please? It's podcast at geekradiodaily.com, or of course, a voicemail or text message. Send either way, just using these magic numbers. 510. G-R-D crew. I mean, I was there. You'd think I'd know what you're talking about. Hi, boys, girls, and friends beyond the binary. I'm Matricula, a birthday clown for all ages that are 18 and up. Join me around the campfire to sing songs full of youthful nostalgia like The Magic and Save a Horse, Ride a Time Lord. I also host the Nasty Woman Knitting Circle, where we knit cozies, and other items for charity fundraisers. Catch me live on twitch.tv slash M-E-T-R-I-C-U-L-A. See you there. Oh, hi, listeners. This is Greg Sestero, and you are listening to Geek Radio Daily. Oh, hi there, indeed. <laughs> oh, that was, uh, that was pretty clever. Pretty clever. Well, folks, go see this weekend there, yo. Well, this week's 10 is last week's 8. Bodies, bodies, bodies made another $2.4 million. It's made 7.4 in three weeks. This week's 9, last week's 7. We're the crowd at saying, making $3.1 million. It has made 77 in six weeks. This week's 8, last week's 6. Minions, The Rise of Gru made another $3.5 million. It's made $350 million in eight weeks. This week's 7, last week's 5. Nope. nope. $3.5 million. That has made 113 in five weeks. This week's six, last week's four. Thor, Love and Thunder made another $4 million. It's made 332 in seven weeks. This week's five, last week's three. DC's League of Super Pets, another $5.7 million, 67 million in four weeks. This week's four, last week's two. Top Gun Maverick, still hanging around, made another $5.8 million. It's made $683.3 million in 13 weeks. Wow, this week's three was last week's one. Bullet Train, making Bullet train. $8 million. That is $68 million in three weeks. This week's two is new. It's Beast made $11.5 million. Then the number one movie in America is Dragon Ball Super. Superhero making $20 million. And yes, they will need three sequels to finish the first fight. <laughs> I'm not wearing any pants. Film at 11. Geek News. Take a look at the world from a uh, geeky point of view. Cobra Kai creators... John Hurwitz, Hayden S. Schlossberg, and Josh Held are set to produce a spin-off of John Hughes' iconic 1996 comedy Ferris Bueller's Day Off at Paramount Pictures. 86, but you knew that, of course. I, I did. If anyone else was doing this, I wouldn't trust it. I mean, you know, I'm having trouble figuring out a plot that involves one more stolen joyride to save the day. 
Well, that's true, because Sam and Victor's Day Off will expand on a gag in the original film as it follows the same-day adventure of the valets who took the Ferrari on a joyride. Uh, I'm not sure Charlie Seen's return is, is set, but uh, hey, they damn well better have Eddie McClurg somehow. Or Edie. Richard Edson and Larry Flash Jenkins starred in the roles in the original film. Bill Posley is set to write the new take while Paul Young will be producing. As After being subjected to free from hell, Richard Edson deserves to show us how many cars he can you know, steal over the years in this job. So yet another 80s nostalgia grab is on the way, but this time done by people who have shown that they can make one of these work. Personally, I cannot wait for Ferris Bueller's best friend's dad stolen cars valet's day off. Right. <laughs> well, uh, Barbie and Ken have another project lined up. Ryan Goslin is in talks to join Margot Robbie in the new Ocean's Eleven reboot. Wait, so they're like what Danny's cousins, kids he used to babysit? <gasps> Lovers? Uh, well, although 2018's Ocean 8 seemed to open the door for the franchise to count a few installments higher, this project seemed to be an unrelated reboot that's reportedly set in Europe in the 1960s. Jay Roach, who directed Roby in Fox News' saga Bombshell, is set to direct the new film with Carrie Solomon writing the script. The project is still in the development stages. Ocean's Eleven set in the 60s? Are, are people going to buy that? <laughs> well, plot details are being kept quiet, but a version of Ocean's Eleven set in the past actually makes sense, as the popular Steven Soderbergh film was actually a remake of a 1960 movie of the same name. That version, you may know, was a star vehicle for the group of artists collectively known as the Rat Pack. You know, Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin, Peter Lawford, Joey Bishop. Uh, Return to the retro style seems like a great fit for the high saga, and Gosling and Roby both possess a type of charm that easily translates to period-specific stories like this. Yeah, yeah, but really, they should challenge us. I personally would like to see a Neanderthal heist flick. Oh, that's a primal sort of exactly <laughs> the role of Danny Ocean was first embodied by Sinatra before George Clooney stepped in for Soderbergh's version it's safe to assume that Gosling will continue the tradition of the suave rascally anti-hero it's too soon to tell who he'll play in the reboot of course any Ocean's film needs a star-studded cast to round out the rest of the casino heist crew may I suggest Oscar Isaac yeah Adam Driver maybe Jared Kiso I mean I think he could pull off a charming crook he's shown some range to be fair to be fair to be fair to be fair. The Jumanji film franchise is leaping off of the big screen, and it's going to be recreated as an immersive theme park in Greater London. Uh, what? The world of Jumanji is slated to open at the Chessington World of Adventure Resort in spring of 2023. And just like that, Great Wolf Lodge isn't all that cool anymore. Nope. No specific dates, rides, or attractions have been revealed as of yet for the $20.5 million development except a 50-foot jaguar structure that will greet park visitors as they enter the jungle-themed world. All right, well, that should be easy. You need Alex's Treehouse, uh, a rhino rampage ride. Not sure how you make the rotating bridge thing, though. Would be a challenge. The 128 Chessington theme park is home to more than 40 rides and attractions, two themed hotels, and a zoo with more than a 1,000 animals. The world of Jumanji is the largest investment in the history of the park. Well, now if they make a new Zathora, the London Planetarium could open a theme park. That would rock. The new park attraction in London takes several visual cues from 2017's Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle and the 2019 sequel Jumanji The Next Level both of which starred Dwayne Johnson these modern updates pulled from video games as opposed to the 1995 adaptation which focused on the fictional board game now reservations are already available make sure you plan appropriately you're going to have to stay there until someone rolls a five or an eight. Well, this is kind of interesting. Walmart is merging pluses to try and equal a prime. 
After assessing its option, the retailer is partnering with Paramount Plus and adding the streaming services to its Walmart Plus membership. Subscribers will have access to the ad tier level of Paramount Plus at no additional cost starting in September. The ad-supported tier? I thought you were trying to out-prime Prime Walmart. Walmart talked with other major media streaming companies, including Disney Plus, which is actually Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN, and Comcast, which has Peacock, earlier this month before announcing the Paramount deal. Paramount Plus has the premium content and broad appeal that our members are looking for. Like Walmart, they have something for everyone, said Walmart executive Chris Cacciolo in a statement. Well, wait, since since it's through Walmart, are the movies going to all be censored? <laughs> right. Well, this isn't Walmart's first attempted foray into the streaming world. The company acquired Voodoo in 2010 and then sold it off to Comcast a decade later. But this is most... But this most recent deal is one of Walmart's most transparent efforts thus far to try to keep up with Amazon Prime. For now, Walmart remains the largest U.S. retailer overall, with Amazon in second place. But the online sector tells a different story. Prime has somewhere around 163.5 million U.S. members, and Walmart Plus has attracted about just 32 million, according to one estimate from Deutsche Bank. Is Amazon going to open up retail stores and challenge them? I want them to fight! Like giant kaijus made of cardboard yes, boxes. That would be great. Walmart Plus membership currently costs twelve ninety five a month or ninety eight dollars annually. With its subscribers get free shipping, fuel discounts at certain gas stations, free grocery delivery, contact free checkout, uh, member exclusive offers. Currently, uh, six months of free Spotify Premium. Well, but unless they add virtual, traditional, angry Walmart customers, it's just not worth it. <laughs> it's just not. Speaking of Walmart, they are testing out a new kind of technology. The retail titan has partnered with a robotic startup called Tortoise to bring robotic vending machines to its parking lots. After a disappointing earnings report in the second quarter, Walmart is looking for innovative ways to boost sales and revenue. Innovative? They already have, you know, those Sam Cola machines in there. Walmart and tech startup Tortoise's portable vending machine robots are essentially little vehicles with bins full of merchandise situated atop them, and they can be programmed to autonomously drive through the parking lot up to customers in their cars who are waiting to pick up items that they purchased online. Uh, wait, they're making the parking lot harder to navigate? Walmart is piloting the robotic vending machines at one of its stores located near its headquarters in Bentonville, Arkansas. The pilot started in July. The retailer began to offer things like Kinder Eggs, beef jerky to patrons passing time in their cars while they wait for their online orders to be brought out to them. In a statement, the company disclosed that they are using this store as a way to gauge public interest in the portable vending machines. It, I'm sorry. It shouldn't take so long that they bring stuff out that you get hungry for a snack. Like, it should be quicker than that. It should. Uh, so, there'd be less chance of people seeing me buy the Weekly World News, though. Walmart's new partnership with the tech startup Tortoise is not surprising. They've been working with numerous tech-forward companies in recent years as it looks for ways to continue to grow and streamline the efficiency of its business empire. Currently, they're also working on ways to integrate autonomous trucks into its fleet of delivery vehicles. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, and they're testing out ways to make drone delivery a viable option for consumers. Now, personally, I'm terrified this whole damn thing's going to end up going chopping mall on us. Right. And it makes me wonder how many Red Bulls and gift cards I'm going to have to buy to appease them. JRD is licensed to the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Non-Derived Works. Nice to see Check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, Always a good thing to do. And have fun on your angelic day and whatnot. And please drop us a note. If, if you know the things that I did not know, by all means, share that information, won't you? It's podcast at geekradiodaily.com. Of course, the voicemail, the text message, use those numbers up. 510 Catch you later. Thanks for coming out playing poker, everybody. It was tremendously fun. Well, we have uh, nothing big and flashy to show you this week. 
Peace out, Leia. Doesn't anyone know how to turn off the program when they leave? Good night, everybody. Good night, suckers. Listen, ladies, it's been real and it's been fun. But has it been real fun? Mm -mm. Nope. Hey, I I'm sorry, my girlfriend's waiting in the car, so. You're what? <laughs> Why are you making that face? I've never met a lesbian. <laughs> Do you all wear vests? I'm not wearing one right now. <laughs> Stereotype busted! <laughs> I learn something every day at Target. Yesterday, I learned that Coca-Cola is dark brown. <laughs> That'll be $441. What? That cannot be right. Uh-oh. You're correct. You know what that means? I get to do something very rare. Void! Voids take a lot of energy. I think I need half of an ailment. <laughs> it worked! Successfully voided! Your real total is $38.51, and here's a wink for free. I, I'll just pay cash. You can use your debit if it's easier. Don't worry, I will cross my eyes so I can't see your secret code. <laughs> I've been staring at the sun again. I'm dizzy and my blood sugar is low, low, low. I better eat that other half of the almond. <laughs>